0: Hello. A story which hit the headlines earlier this week, and that's the last week in January, first week in February, was news that scientists had, with the help of a brain scanner, managed to communicate with a man who'd been considered clinically brain dead for over five years. Adrian Owen is one of the researchers behind that discovery, and he's based at the MRC Cognition and Brain Sciences Unit in Cambridge.
1: We had a paper uh, published in the New England Journal of Medicine when um, we investigated a group of 23 patients who uh, physically appeared to be vegetative and we used uh, a technique known as functional MRI to show that some of them actually weren't vegetative at all.
0: What actually is the definition of, of
1: a vegetative state? It's often referred to as a state of wakefulness without awareness, and people often confuse it with with coma, but there are several really important differences. Coma patients will appear to you or I to be asleep, whereas vegetative patients very often have sleep-wake cycles. They'll open their eyes, they'll appear to look around the room, but crucially they won't show Any responses to any form of external stimulation, so they won't actually, you know, fixate on a relative and they won't actually respond if you walk into the room, but they are animate and that's what's so
0: mysterious about them. What's going on neurologically to make them in that particular condition like that? Well, that's a very good question and it depends very
1: much on the type of injury that they've had, and this is one of the, the really big difficulties with this this patient population. I mean, you can end up in a vegetative state following uh, a car accident. That's, that's obviously... Quite common, but you can also end up in a vegetative state due to a a lack of oxygen uh, to your brain, for example, in a a drowning incident, something like that. So um, they tend to have very different types of brain damage, and it's often very
0: difficult to track down exactly what the problem is. So, in order to make a diagnosis of this patient is in a vegetative state, what sorts of questions would a neurologist ask, or what sorts of assessments would they make in order to reach that conclusion? well the the
1: central point is that there should be no evidence of any awareness and that's that's actually quite tricky if you think about it because it means that it's a diagnosis that's made largely on the lack of evidence um, that the person the patient is aware so you know, the obvious things to try are to attract their attention either visually or with auditory cues essentially if the patient shows no signs of awareness, yet has, you know, wakes up, opens their eyes, um, has preserved sleep-wake cycles and preserved basic reflexes. Then the assumption will be that they are vegetative, and, and what usually follows from that is that they are assumed to be unaware.
0: And the reason that they have those limited responses is, is presumably because they occur at a lower level of neurological processing their sort of automatic functions rather than the higher level conscious awareness that you and I have right now Well, that's the assumption, and I think for the
1: most part it's probably true. I mean, it's probably a a reasonable assumption to make. We're very interested in um, a group of patients that appear to slip through the net. So there's a dissociation between their physical appearance and what might actually be going on in their head. And we've been trying to find those patients, to detect that some of them are conscious uh, using functional MRI. So
0: could you talk us through the set of experiments you actually did to, to reach this, really what we would describe as quite a dramatic finding?
1: Yeah, well the idea is if you take on board that some of these patients have you know, no motor outputs at all, they can't speak, they can't move, but might actually be there, if you like, conscious, inside their heads then uh, the idea we had a few years ago is that they should be able to perform various imagery tasks, you know, mental imagery tasks that we can all do um, very easily. So we had the patients imagine they were moving their arms around vigorously, and the way we encouraged them to do that was to ask them to imagine playing a game of tennis. And this produces very strong activation in everybody uh, in an area known as the supplementary motor area at the top and the middle of the brain. And because this is such a, a robust... Effect because everybody who imagines playing tennis or imagines moving their arms around will activate the supplementary motor area. We can use it as a sort of a marker that the patient is responding, but not responding by moving their body, responding by activating their brain.
0: So you could use that as the answer to part of a question. If they thought about that, then that would tell you they could comprehend what you told them, and that perhaps they agreed. If you say, I want you to think about this when I ask you a question, if you think the answer is yes or something.
1: That's right. I mean, the first stage was to find those patients who appeared to be conscious, and for those patients we would simply say, well, imagine playing a game of tennis now. And if we saw activity in the supplementary motor area take off at that moment, and we repeated it, obviously, a few times, uh, and activity stopped when we said stop, we would know that those patients were conscious What we were then able to do in one patient was to say, well, now imagine playing tennis when you want to say yes. And we had another task, which was to move from room to room in your house. So that's so-called spatial navigation. And if you imagine getting from A to B, this will activate an entirely different area of the brain known as the parahippocampal gyrus, and that was our no response. So the patient was instructed to imagine moving around the rooms of his house, visualising everything that he saw, if he wanted to say no. And that way we could ask him simple yes or no questions, such as, have you got any brothers and sisters? Things that we wouldn't know, but we could nevertheless verify independently
0: afterwards. And it turns out he, he was able to do this. It's extraordinary to think this person is effectively locked into his body, has been written off, if you like, as a vegetative patient, but was presumably aware for five years in hospital, being able to understand and comprehend at least a, a proportion of the conversations being had around him, but had no means of getting that information out until you put him in a brain scanner. Yes, it is.
1: Well, of course, this is early days, and it's not possible to know that he was aware for that whole period of time. I mean, it is also possible that, you know, he had recovered at around about the time of the scan, he'd recovered consciousness. That seems... No, unlikely. Um, it, it does seem very probable that he may well have been conscious for a, a good proportion of of that time and we'll only really know whether that's true when we start to scan more patients in this situation and we find more patients who can do it and we can start to ask them more probing questions like that one, you know, how long have you, have you been in this situation?
0: And I guess also this gives neurologists another way to probe patients when trying to make a decision about well, what's going to be the long term outcome for someone like this. It is. I mean, it gives
1: us another tool. Um, And I should say, this is not going to apply to all or even the majority of vegetative patients. I mean, many of the patients in our sample didn't produce any responses at all. And I I think, you know, we haven't changed the diagnosis of vegetative state. Those patients will remain. I think what we've done is we've come up with an additional tool that can be used to detect that subset of patients that slip through the net that physically appear to be entirely vegetative, yet if you can get inside their heads with fMRI, they can tell you that they're not, in fact they're conscious. And so far in one case, and I hope in many more cases in future, we'll be able to allow them to actually tell us a little bit about their situation by answering yes or no questions in this way.
0: Adrian Owen, who is a researcher with the MRC Cognition and Brain Sciences Unit in Cambridge. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra.